12 <laughs> minutes in. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. All right, so hey, everyone. Officially, welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown. Happy Friday. It's going to be a great one. I'm joined by the one and only Paul Pway from Edge. How's it going, Paul? Doing great. And uh, I'd always like to respond with that comment and saying, like, you know, everyone is one and only. We're all unique, amazing individuals. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, I don't know if I cracked this pun before but or I mentioned it, but um, I have had Ryan Taylor on before. And then I had a he's not the one and only. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not the one and only. Definitely. Not well, name wise, on he's not the podcast. one and only. But if you've met both of them, they're very different people. Very different people, but they're very different people. The so they kind of are one and only. On this podcast in, in the heart and soul, personality, and even look—they're very different people. So name is just but a reference. It's just a in computer science. It's just a pointer. It's that's all it is. It's yeah. A, it's, it, yeah. Yeah. It's an but, index. Uh, it's just an index. That's all it is. Yep. All right. Yeah. So uh, before we get powered through the stuff because we have a bunch of stuff we're kind of we got a little bit of a late start uh, let me know if you have a hard out and just need to go let me know verbally on here which will be recorded for everyone who but who cares because typing in a little jitsi chat pops up in the pops up on the screen <laughs> it makes a little weird sound so just let me know when we're starting to go so we can yeah go. we can go 15 15 after is, is a good end for me 15 after uh 2 p.m my time in california yeah well sounds good uh make sure to there's uh if you have my nft go into the digital cash rundown channel my discord leave a super chat you already know that though all right ready here we go the first one oh no coin telegraph they said clarification on sharing false spot bitcoin etf news <laughs> coin telegraph apologizes to its readers and discusses its investigation into what led to the posting of unverified news on x or twitter about a spot Bitcoin ETF. First off, did you see this thing live when they when they tweeted about it? Or like I didn't see it live. Same? I saw it after the fact. Um, I was literally walking into work, and one of our coworkers said, "Oh my god, did you see what got posted? A little fake news, blah blah blah." And the funny is, he had DM'd it to me. He goes, "Oh my god, they just approved the spot Bitcoin ETF." And then like mm -hmm. minutes later, he goes, "Oh nope, it was fake news, blah blah blah." Um, <laughs> and then I'd walked in, and we were chatting about it. I'm like, wow, how did it? How did that get by? Because it's one of those pieces of fake news that's insanely easy to verify. Um, yeah. Before they could have put, you just go to the SEC website. You could, you could have easily found out whether or not the ETF was actually approved. And so, I think it's it it's the problem with a lot of media outlets now realizing that they just you have to be first to the game with big news like this because by the time you're second third fourth place you lose that many hits and all the ad revenue that you potentially can make once again advertising right it's not about the quality it's like how many how many clicks views um cpm uh, that's the entire name of the game and mm -hmm. if you're late to the party you just get exponential decrease in traffic and so everyone's yeah. racing to this and the time it takes just to verify and go to sec.gov was too much for them to do before posting and misleading mm -hmm. everyone. And I'd say Cointelegraph has big red mark on themselves for now, probably for the next year. Like everyone is going to doubt any big news that comes out of their mouth if they are the first to market on that news. And so they've they've definitely created a pretty bad reputation. But you know, as one thing I've learned is humans have really short term memory. Oh, I yeah. think a year from now, a year from now, this will be completely forgotten. If not even yeah. sooner than a year, probably three months. You know? Absolutely. As long as, they, as, long as the, yeah. As long as they could survive until then. Uh, the funny thing is, um, yeah. 
back in was it 2016 or whatever it was 2017 probably 2016 uh, one of, I used to write for Cointelegraph from the end of 2015 mm-hmm. to like into 2016 and one of my best performing stories which I got done at like 3, 4, 5 a.m. kind of thing was when uh, a certain Craig Wright came out as Satoshi officially and mm-hmm. I just said you know and of course within the days following there were some edits to the article that just then added like, you know, Craig Wright comes out and says he's Satoshi community doubts or like some community cast doubt or something, adding some extra stuff. But just the, he says he's Satoshi. He can't like, I was the one who broke that for Cointelegraph. They really liked it because it got a lot of like, you know, a lot of um, traction right away. And as it turns out, fake news. <laughs> well, no, I mean, him I wonder... saying he's Satoshi is not fake. Yes. Yes. But right? the Satoshi it's... part was fake you know i mean no if uh if the title said he is satoshi it was fake mm-hmm. if the title is he says he's satoshi that's 100 percent accurate right the guy's still mm-hmm. to this day saying he's satoshi's and so you you can't argue with what i say about myself it, you know you can argue about what i say about myself but you can't argue mm-hmm. that what i said is you know is not something i said like, you know, i say it sure you can re- you can quote me and the mm-hmm. quoting of what i said is true um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it creates a lot of buzz. I and mean, that was in an era where a lot of people still cared, like, you know, who is Satoshi. I don't feel like that's a really big thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the next person to come out and say they're Satoshi or next person to come out and say, we think we know who it is. Um, it feels like the interest in knowing has died. Yeah. Um, and that we've just accepted that maybe the world is better not knowing who it is. And I do fundamentally think there are people in this world that do know who it is. Um, but we don't need to know. It's software. It, everything that you need to know about who he is is in the code. Everything that's important. You know, he mm-hmm. could have been child molesting bank robber. It doesn't matter the code that he he they whatever yeah, or wrote, even got worse it. the NSA. Yeah. Well, and and funny thing is, <laughs> is that even any worse? Because hell, it's still fully the transparent. Internet. It's just a bunch of code, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there there's no back door that the NSA could have put into the code that any any individual non-NSA developer could have put in that and then beauty of, of open source. And there's, you know, if there's any credit that I give to Bitcoin across um, above and beyond all other blockchains uh, is that it's code, every character of its code has been more audited and touched by other people than any other blockchain. It is mm-hmm. heavily, heavily looked at and audited and, and modified and changed and improved. Um, mm-hmm. So who cares if it was NSA Satoshi or, you know, bank robber, child molester, or Satoshi, it, the code is what it is. And it's, a, it's doing, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's doing its job per the definition of what Bitcoin is supposed to be, but yeah. it's operating another, as people now have created the code. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole nother can of worms. We've gone down that path with a few different podcasts before, but it's mm-hmm. doing what the current ecosystem of Bitcoiners wants it to do. I'll say that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's true. And like, we're all on the internet right now and no one cares that Al Gore is the one who invented it, you know? Yeah, Al Gore people... claims to invent the internet. Not <laughs> fault, not fake news, right? <laughs> yes, for for those who don't, you know, or maybe too young or don't get the dry sense of humor. No, he did not, but he sort of claimed to. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, but yes, yeah, he so... also said that he was going to go to Latin America so that he should study Latin before he goes. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a, that's a hard way of like getting up on all the romance <laughs> languages and stuff, but it's a really hard way. <laughs> yeah, that's a really, that's it's a great, roundabout it's a great way, way to do. go. It's a, it's a really good way to get Latin America and not be able to understand anything people are saying. So. Yeah. 
Uh, but on the Coin Telegraph thing, uh, I don't want to you know talk too much smack, but I I've never trusted, even including when I was writing for them, I never trusted like Coin Telegraph as a trusted source of news. It was more of a you know we'll publish anything, so any you find really good stuff on it, and also really trash stuff. And well, you know these days. I don't. I mean, I have some insider knowledge for other things, even though I don't work for them. But uh, I, it could be a little rough. Now, where we get interesting, um, which on the same thing, I'll switch to the SEC's tweet. So SEC well, actually, no, Coin Telegraph. Yes. I think I think we got to extend the Coin Telegraph thing because there's actually one yes. important thing to come out of this. Yes, is Coin Telegraph's kind of fake news was a really good signal to the market. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people will say, "Oh, something is priced in," or it's not. Mm-hmm. priced in and the uh the potential impact of the spot bitcoin etf like what will be the impact a lot of people will say oh well you know sure it'll get announced it won't really budge the the price and it's not till money starts to come in and actually create demand for bitcoin from people that had no access to it because they didn't want to actually mm-hmm. hold their keys or use a coinbase that the price would start to ramp up mm-hmm. um but the fake news showed that there is actually pent up demand to go and buy on the on the announcement of a Bitcoin mm. ETF and that it's not priced in yet. Now, mm. for all I'm saying, we bumped to like 30, 30.5, I believe. Um, now, granted, that's not any huge number relative to where we were the past three months, mm. but realized it was a very quick bump from, I think, like 26, 27 to 30.5. That's like four grand. That's like 10. 15-ish percent in like seconds, right? 10 to 15% in seconds to minutes. Um, And that was on fake news. So Mm -hmm. the real question is how much of a bump could that have been if that was for real? Mm. So this was the value of this fake news actually. Is the same, well, the same or potentially more. Could it it have been more as well? Could have been. Um, Because how many people then said, oh, it was fake news, I'm, I'm selling. Um, well, or it's fake news. I'm not how buying. many people because it went whoop, well, and right back well, there. No, exactly. So, well, yes and no, but you don't know how much higher it would have gone because of people that wouldn't have sold, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the interesting nugget to come out of the, the the event was kind of the signaling of how baked in is the the potential for an ETF into the price of Bitcoin, um, and then as well how how much of an effect is that going to have on other coins? And this became pretty compelling because one thing that was noticed is that it didn't impact the price of other coins, whereas most of the time altcoins trend Bitcoin. Sometimes they're lagging, sometimes they're leading, um, but they they tend to then track Bitcoin. Now, a lot of people are also speculating on, on an ETH ETF following behind Bitcoin, but you know, as of late, ETH has definitely lagged behind Bitcoin in, in the recent bull run, right? It's, it's kind of, it's not until I think today that it had like, what, a 3% bump? Um, but yeah, during that news, most of the coins didn't budge. It was only Bitcoin. Of course, the ETF was specifically Bitcoin. So these are some interesting things to glean out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Use these opportunities is what I kind of tell people. Use these opportunities, whether not um, real or not, fake news or not, just to see how humanity reacts to them because yeah. they could be for telling from when things actually are real. It, it's like a dry run. Think of it as that. It's like a, you know, a, a fire alarm, like a fake fire alarm. Yes. Like, oh, but how do we react to it? All right is very telling you can learn a lot from lies a lot of truth in lies and also um money is the most honest language in the the planet and if you could just saw with the money spoke the truth of like what do people actually value 
and they spoke. Yeah, yep. Uh, and yep. so, but the SEC didn't take very kindly to that. They said, tweeted, careful what you read on the internet. The best source of information about the SEC is the SEC, which oh, yeah. is true. I, I Listen, in this case, it's true. And let's, let's just say, let's in, in the very objective case. case of was an ETF approved, that's true. Yes. In the subjective case of what is motivating and driving the decisions within the SEC, that is as opaque and yes. unknown as you can get for a government agency. Um, and it is one of the more confusing topics to understand, like who is pulling the strings at the SEC? And if everyone says Gary Gensler, that's not the answer because his strings are getting pulled. So the question yeah. is, who is pulling his strings, the why? And actually, and, and very curiously, where does BlackRock fit into all this? This is one of the most contradicting occurrences of the past year you know blackrock is your typical it, blackrock almost defines the government mm -hmm. they have so much control over this country that they likely define the direction of all of politics and government yet at the same time their interest in bitcoin wholly contradicts the current administration mm -hmm. it's one that's been talked about numerous times through subject matter subject matter experts and politicians and financial forecasters and whatnot and there hasn't been a genuinely good, heck, makes sense um, correlation revelation around this. So this is still like the the one of the greater mysteries of our current year that I'd love to better understand that. I, I wish I can kind of give your listeners more insight to, but it really is one of the kind of unknown little mysteries. And you think BlackRock, sure, they just want money. Bitcoin, it's a product, they can sell it. Great, well, that in a way is true and from a government's point of view, because, you know, when people sell, they make money. When they make money, they pay taxes, right? Mm -hmm. They pay taxes, government gets money. And so why such a discerned kind of bipolar response to the technology, at least with current administration? We don't know. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be too political on this show specifically, but it just it does seem yeah, to right. Me. You know, your show is political. Come on. Yeah, well, it's a, it's. it's it's definitely not explicitly political, but it is political by the by after it. effect of, you know, what it, of the truth that it yeah. speaks. We're I, not making I political should... commentary. It's not a political commentary show, but yes. it's going to have political opinions. And heck, crypto, you can't not have political opinions of being yeah. crypto. It's not like a partisan politics show, for that's for sure. But the yeah. point is, um, I get the feeling that a lot of the, there's not one agenda behind the current U.S. administration. It just seems more like, a group of people are in power and they're kind of just like picking and choosing like, Hey, what, what can we all get from this? And so it's not like the man at the head is making any decisions, including which direction to walk after a speech. I don't think he's making those. It, oh yeah. I think it's pretty understood that he's not, he's not making any decisions. He's not making any calls and it's quote unquote, the administration. And I think in no time in history of kind of a U.S. presidency has the administration, you know, which, follows the name of the person that's supposed mm -hmm. to be making the shots have been more in control than this current one. You know, it's, yeah. they say it's the, it's the Trump administration, the Biden administration, the Obama administration. Well, you know, they kind of went hand in hand with that person whose name is associated to the administration. This is the one time when it had, it, there's like no association. This person is like, as who was it? Not there. Was it Trump or Elon that said it's like a weekend at Bernie's, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a president, right? You just kind of, puppeteering them around yeah. so that's that's in a way okay sure 
Um, if you are able to make the lives of the majority of the citizens better, then okay, sure, then just be the puppet. Um, but if you're not able to do that and you're making bad decisions, or at least ones that I deem as bad, then you know, yeah, of course. Then we want to replace the administration, um, well, whatever that is. That's exactly it. And this does feel like the first time where it's more explicitly, it's not like an agenda. It's just like a, at the whim of a bunch of special, special interest agendas specifically, which are always a factor in this. And so this is, it's kind of like, let me just, I guess, give the, um, the crypto analogy to just tie it back to crypto, right? Is like, let's just say, like if Bitcoin and Ethereum were very clear in what they were supposed to do. And at some point you had outside special interests, namely like L2 manufacturers or whatever, starting to sort of influence some development decisions on both. That's what it seems like from my perspective. Now, it, however, it's not like they, it's not like the entire purpose of each of these projects is just to give each special interest what they want. Whereas it seems kind of like that with the administration where that's why it seems almost like schizophrenic at times is because it's not acting with a cohesive mission. It's just like, let me make this group happy. Let me make that group happy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's, a, and, that's the political commentary for now. And a lot of it is making them happy because they're the people that put those um, politicians mm -hmm. into power. They're the ones that donated significant amounts of money. Ironically, you know, SPF had donated quite a bit of uh, money to the, the current administration, but he's no longer relevant. There's no money that he has to donate. And so therefore, well, you know, it's actually okay to shit on his entire industry. Um, that's, it, it, he kind of almost gave them the green light. He unlocked the handcuffs that mm -hmm. the administration may have had, whether they be small finger handcuffs in making sure that crypto was not the super bad guy, because basically he gave, he gave them money in a way. In a way, that's like the one thing that SBF did to the mm -hmm. benefit of the crypto industry. Ironically, though, it sucked because he did it using user funds. Um, mm -hmm. And so if he was able to do that using user funds and somehow get the money back in some other way, then, well, he, he pulled an amazing fast one to everyone's advantage. But didn't work out that way. Left a, both a, left a black eye, lost users' money to an administration that now doesn't care about crypto. Right. So we basically mm -hmm. gave an administration, I think it was 10 plus million dollars. Um, from users' money, that same administration now is anti-crypto and created the worst set of kind of public news around the Bitcoin crypto ecosystem that shots heard around the world about quote unquote how bad crypto is and how people lose money on it. It was like the worst three strikes you could have in one event through by and large one person. So yeah, uh, as evil as he looks. <laughs> yeah. So it, it definitely was unfortunate and you know being the self-custody maxi that, uh, that i am that probably that's the only thing good barely barely only thing good is like well hold your own keys right we've been yeah, saying that I mean, for 10 years that's like not interesting anymore it could um, advance but, the, the thor chain side of things who knows you know so that people don't have to use F, uh, services like ftx right? yes i think it could that could be the silver lining but a lot of this is only knowable in retrospect but on speaking of like rug pulls since it's a very merry subject to have mm -hmm. um let's go into reddit so reddit is winding down yeah. blockchain based community points according to TechCrunch, and then um yeah yeah i remember uh, do you, anyone know remember the name ryan x charles uh yeah that name ring a bell. He, he's been he's on the bsv guy now he's yes. been on a show he's on been a show oh cool yeah he's been um, 
I don't know. I would. Was I don't it know if Reddit I, he's that he had worked not... for? I think it was Reddit that he had worked for way yes. back. I think it was Reddit. Um, in an effort to get them to, well, no, they wanted to incorporate crypto into Reddit, and I think specifically Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. and he worked with them briefly on the effort to do that, and uh, I talked with him in San Francisco for like an hour once, just one-on-one -on -one with him at a coffee shop. Um, and he had left Reddit, obviously, to launch some of his own projects in the Bitcoin space at the time. Um, and if I recall, and Ryan, I apologize if I'm misrepresenting our conversation, but I recall that he felt like Reddit was not quite, um, couldn't quite find the fit of, mm -hmm. of how or why to put Bitcoin, especially Bitcoin, but definitely like crypto into the product. And that kind of resonates because I'll be honest, like the, the concept of the reward token mm -hmm. um, in Reddit and reward tokens in general, uh, mm -hmm. them being fully centralized versus on a blockchain didn't find, I didn't find a huge advantage to them being on a chain because the benefits of being on a chain um, actually remove the reason why you want loyalty points to begin with. Um, mm. So if you think of the benefits of being on chain, right, you have the most amazing free flow of funds to anyone anywhere in the world. Right? You could transfer these, these tokens, these nuggets, these points, these rewards, these miles to anyone anywhere in the world. So what have you just done with a like loyalty point? You just made it unloyal. Yeah. And, well, what you and, did make it is like fungible, fungible. And tradable. And so Correct. that's where... Um, but is that what you that, want as someone issuing points? Now, I don't know exactly how Reddit was going to you know, issue out or what they were going to use the currency for. But usually most centralized services issue these, these points as a form of loyalty, meaning we give them to you. Now, what you can do is get benefits from us because you have been loyal and we want to reward you for being loyal. There's a reason why, like, go try taking your miles and transferring them to someone else. Those your miles from like United American, you lose like 30% of them, some insane amount by doing that transfer because they don't really want you to transfer it. They want, they want that reward to go to you and for you to be loyal. Because if you can transfer it, that makes it easier for you to say, you know, these 200,000 miles, I want to switch from United to American and I'll just trade those miles for American miles, you know, mm -hmm. probably one for one. And you've given up the loyalty side. The same reason why you can't just transfer your platinum status from one airline to another. It's not fungible. They don't want it to be fungible. It's against the, the, the motivation. Um, and if that's what Reddit was really trying to achieve in with respect to this kind of loyalty, okay, they give people these points then there's no advantage to a blockchain because the whole blockchain is to make things fungible, which is a good thing for many assets, but just not necessarily a good thing for this asset. Well, there is a, a nuance like layer in that where I, I do find it actually very useful with that. I kind of didn't really understand too much until, because I use a lot of gift cards for crypto because it's, you can buy it with digital cash as well as cash mm -hmm. cash. And uh, it seems like having something like a gift point as a fungible thing on a blockchain, you can easily swap for something else, which is in a, there's some hurdle, there's some centralized providers behind like BitRefill, for example, that kind of does that. But I think it, it does still benefit the company because if I want to pay you 
I can, if I want to pay you, for example, with money, I have to actually send, get liquid capital to pay you. But if I pay you in gift credits, then I'm paying you in things that are worth money, which is, you know, future goods and services. But a company, a lot of businesses are usually have a lot more of that on hand than liquid capital to pay people. It's kind of like pre-sales. So if they, they sold, like if they're cash poor, let's just say, because they have actual cash payments to make, they can sell a bunch of gift credit and they will have to honor that at some point in the future with goods and services, but now they have actual fungible money they can use outside of that business to pay employees and things like that and buy things. And if they have to actually deliver goods and services later, that's that's easier for them. And so they're incentivized to do that kind of thing. And so, like, so for example, Reddit's community points or whatever, I don't really know what Reddit's model is there, but it could be that it's a way to pay someone something that has a real market value but does not cost liquid capital to them in the short term, right? It's only, it could be like a a deferring of that. Although to be honest with Reddit and stuff, in this case, I think it was just more of a, let's get in on the crypto scam thingy. Oh yeah. You know, the buzzword soup type of thing, just kind of like, like, what is it? Long Island blockchain iced tea or something like that, just to put the buzzwords into the product. Um, For sure (laughs) was that. The SEO maximizer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and with respect to the rewards points um, and and credits, you bring up a good point with like the Starbucks question is that is that something that's on the minds of most companies? Is this the reason why they are issuing these gift cards? Is it basically a a way to front the money that they don't currently have? Is that the method or is it truly because they want people returning over and over again? I mean, in the case of Starbucks, they obviously have a lot of money um, mm-hmm. and getting cash flow ahead of delivering product is not 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 in any way shape or form likely the the purpose of it because the rewards are very 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 effective like people mm-hmm. load up their rewards into the app of anything which is very non-transferable mm-hmm. and keep coming back keep coming back and they get little points for coming back and they gamify it and whatnot they give you oh, a little like 50 cent off and whatnot and so that's what's classically considered like rewards, like mm-hmm. rewards points, as well as like prepaid credit, um, yeah. is to keep prepaid someone loyal. A little bit of a different thing. It's a, so, it's a little bit it's a little bit different um, than a reward such as like a mileage reward, except that a mileage can be used to purchase the same product. It just has a different unit of account, right? A mile yeah. is not equivalent to a dollar, whereas a Starbucks gift card is dollar based, and it buys that exact dollar amount. Is that what Reddit was considering? Like this is a dollar-based card? I don't believe that's what their their product was meant to be, especially because it was a free-floating cryptocurrency, meaning it couldn't really be pegged to the dollar. At best, it could be pegged to some level of services in Reddit that you could um, acquire with those points. And if it was in that model, then your ability to pay someone with that uh, with that credit really goes down. Right to actually use it as a currency. Hey, we don't have the money to pay you, but we'll give you a bunch of these, you know, Starbucks points that are not gift card credit. They're points. That really goes down. Those points much more useful for once again rewards, retention, loyalty, and that's where blockchains yeah. just, they don't fit very well for that cases. You know, it's so many companies have come across our plate that say, "Hey, we got it. We're going to do loyalty points on the blockchain." I don't know of one yet that's actually succeeded in doing that. And I think this motivation problem is, is, is kind of the issue. Yeah. I mean, the only way I think it, 
it makes sense. Not like the gift credit stuff does make sense. That's a different uh, discussion. But mm -hmm. the, the, the loyalty points, first off, I think you'd have to make them in some way non-transferable, which I think you can do with some tokens and stuff. You can make them. You can, but now why are you using a blockchain? To becomes the question. First off, to other than marketing buzz. Yes, that you could outsource infrastructure to something else rather than which you know. I guess you could. That's that's gonna. It's you're gonna you can outsource it, but guess what? You're still paying. You're still paying to be able to access that info. You're you're paying yes. a transaction fee, and you're paying probably API costs to query the blockchain, and then you're paying you know more for blockchain developers to be able mm -hmm. to deal with it. Guaranteed, a hundred percent. It is in every way, shape, and form cheaper to make that a centralized server to deal with the points of your platform. Yeah, absolutely true. Now, where it might make, um, where it might make sense in the future is if people start to have a little bit more like consistent wallet management, like they got just one wallet for all their things, and so then the company can just issue you points and send them and forget about it. They don't have to manage your accounts. What email do you have? Did you lose access to your email? Oh, let's just figure out like all that nonsense. That's a, that's a good point in the world. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Once not the, today, once, tomorrow. Once a self-custody, um, self-custody crypto wallet is ubiquitous in the hands of the population. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. It's like, why are you going to make me download your weird, you know, app to hold your weird points when I've already got an Ethereum address, just send me the token. All right. Mm -hmm. um, from the viewpoint of how to hold it right now, it's actually harder to hold you know, crypto. Most people are like, oh my God, how do I have to go deal with seed words, blah, 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 and mm -hmm. you know, whatnot. Um, whereas sure, I'll, I'll just put in my phone number and you'll send me a text message and I'm logged into the Starbucks app. Right. Mm -hmm. that, that's it. That's considered easy. But you're right. That becomes actually considered harder once there's standardization and ubiquitous use of crypto wallet apps. Then, yeah, there might be some use case. Although the, the bummer about that, though, is, I mean, look at, I mean, have you used the Starbucks app by any chance? Um, one time, only because one time? Some, some friend of mine gave me some credit in exchange for yeah. stuff. And so go. I feel like the points in that app are less the value than the app itself. And it's and I don't use it much because I barely ever go to Starbucks. But a few times, usually when I'm traveling, because there's like no other Good man. You know, decent coffee. We already right? know that you have better taste than that. But yes, I, I know we're coffee drinkers. We know yeah. <laughs> the two of us already know what, uh, what good coffee's like and what you know mediocre. But you know, when in a pinch, there's Starbucks. And so I've used the app as most like trying to understand like, hey, what's what's the model here? What's the the psyche that they're targeting? And it is very much like the loyalty, the convenience. I remember I was standing in line at an airport. I'm like, oh, I can order from here. I get out of line and my drink's ready before the person in front of me even got to order theirs because they didn't know about the app. Um, I find where to go, find where the stores are, um, pre-order from like miles away, then head to the stores. You know what I mean? It's, it's really like the direct engagement, one-to-one, -one, and less about, oh, this thing holds my points. It happens yeah. to also hold your points, but it's about everything else in the app. So I think the the crypto wallet holding points ho solves kind of half, not even like less than half of mm -hmm. the problem, because then how you use the points, that becomes the interesting thing because they're not just money anymore, right? Like we agreed, points are, uh, are more about loyalty, um, but then how you use them is an entire application in and of itself that isn't just simply send and receive. You know the way maybe a gift card would be right where it's just a dollar based coin 
So as a rabbit hole, I'm not sure this is even part of the news that we were going to talk about. How do we yeah, digress onto this one? Where do we start from? We were talking about something else. They rugged. But that's the uh, thing. They rugged. That's right. They rugged. Reddit. And so let me let me hit on this this tweet from Pletitor, who, yeah, whatever. Anyway, he says, Reddit admins told our cryptocurrency moderators beforehand, and three moderators sold Moon tokens on insider information. Moon price dropped 22% minutes before the announcement was posted. Here's a list of mm. the, the et cetera. So yeah, insider trading, you know, no surprise, of course, it's going to happen. But uh, I guess to, to just circle back, you know, Gensaki style on the whole, um, um, <laughs> why do you care about to- like tokens and stuff? The one thing that drives me nuts is centralized blockchains, more than centralized Exchanges. other things. Because more than more than like regular fiat, because at least it's like wow, it, it's just like you're going through all the pain in the butt to to do something that provides no benefit, no actual decentralization benefit. So the fact is like this token, it's like tied to a centralized company, basically, and so when the centralized company does a centralized thing because of regulatory pressure, probably then all of a sudden the token's worthless. Like, that's not the point. Like, Bitcoin got banned so many times, right? <laughs> you know, the China ban, the this and that ban. There's so many things. And it just, like, doesn't care because the free market doesn't care necessarily. But this thing, like, who's going to use the moon tokens outside of Reddit? Unless they're going to say, oh, the R crypto people, the moon token now works in our Discord as well. And, okay, maybe... No, you're basically case, referring yeah. to... At, at the extreme, you're referring to every single stablecoin. Like yes, once the U.S. Do, once the U.S. government drops the dollar because it's worthless, what are we going to do with all of these tokens on the Ethereum blockchain? Now, granted, that's just a much larger entity than Reddit, and so therefore, the f- dropping of the dollar is far less likely than the yeah, dropping, the of, dropping like, of the global moon economy shit token. Of, you know, yeah, right. However, it is basically a fairly centralized authority. That is issuing the the value that is backing this token, mm-hmm. the same way that Reddit was backing the value of Moon through some mechanism of saying you could redeem this value somewhere within their ecosystem. So it's not much different. Um, but for a company that thinks that they can get big enough, where people will hold it and want that backing, and they think that the company will provide the value. Um, such that the token will not just retain but increase in value, then, then that's a fair belief. Um, mm. It's just that it's a it's a full slope of insanely large, very hard to displace, very likely that token will have value for the foreseeable de- set of decades to, oh my God, you're so small and barely worth anything that it, it, at the snap of a finger, this thing is zero. But everything in between, right? You've got everything in between there. Right? What's a fairly yeah, large company? If Apple were to issue their own token um, and it survived several years worth. Mm-hmm. Could that, you know, heck they've, they've got a value larger than many countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so what point is a country and a company, you know, really overlap? I mean, yeah. Uh, the thing, con- thing about countries is they're, they're a lot better at using force to get what they want. Whereas like Apple doesn't have a standing army. So even if Apple's richer than some countries, yeah. those countries might have more influence or harder influence within their borders yeah. or jurisdictions because of the ability to use force. Whereas I like to say that a large company really is a small country. 
And they yeah. say, hey, but they don't have an army involved. I go, I'm try not. walking into the middle of Apple's spaceship and kicking someone in the nuts. I guarantee you Apple's army would come and put you in Apple jail or kick you out. Yeah, <laughs> like and you get locked that, out of your device. <laughs> well, that too as well, right? Even when you've left Apple, you That's basically lose citizenship. You, you, lose your, you, you lose your citizenship into the Apple ecosystem. Um, yeah, I so mean, Disney I, every, had their own private police and everything in Florida before sort of rocks. Yeah, like in their theme this, parks. Once you know, you're in yeah. the theme park of Disney, you're like in a, well, a world, you know, or a yeah, land. Yeah. And they have their own police and they will kick you out or put you in a little Disney jail if you misbehave <laughs> according to their rules. So it, yeah, the it Disney is Disney People's Republic of Florida. Yeah. You know, they've got their own rules. And just like most states, mm -hmm. the rules have to be kind of like a subset of the rules of the, the parent geography. Um, mm -hmm. Same thing with Disney. They're a subset of the rules within Florida if it's Disney World. Um, but they are just a mini country. You think about yeah, it. Not they even really are. anymore. Uh, let's yeah. hit on the ThorSwap thing. Because oh, yeah. Of, very relevant to, so to us, ThorSwap went down because regulatory pressure, whatever. There's they took some, it down themselves. They took themselves yeah, down. They, they took themselves. ThorSwap it was probably the leading. It's one of the bigger front ends for ThorChain that allows you to interact with And APIs too. Yes. And they went we down. We use the API for full disclosure. Edge does use the ThorSwap yes. API for the DEX aggregator side of ThorChain. We access ThorChain directly when you're doing a swap that ThorChain can handle natively. But as soon as it aggregates through a DEX such as a Uniswap, SushiSwap, or whatnot, um, then it goes through uh, ThorSwap, or they they quote it, they quote and they route the the transaction. So just just transparency, so people know that I'm talking about something that actually is a part of our app. Yeah, it's so they came back online after basically ThorChain and ThorSwap in particular had been allegedly used to uh, swap used by a hacker to swap stolen funds for other things yeah. and basically the, the highlight par paragraph is what's changed other than the shiny new terms of service users won't notice a thing behind the scenes we've partnered with an industry leader to put some extra guardrails in place to help prevent the flow of illicit funds now first of all what is what do you think that means oh it could mean a number of things but likely it's going to be address blacklisting um, amount limits the same kind of things that centralized services will use to determine, like uh, determine whether or not they should execute an exchange. So think services like a Changely or a ChangeNow, Godex. Um, yeah. You know, all of them receive funds, and they're like, "Whoa, well, huh? Uh, what's the size of this thing? This is like fairly large. Therefore, let's go look in on chain back a few transactions as to where the money might have come from. Um, mm -hmm. This is related to an address that we've seen or a contract that." you know, has been seen. And there's a lot of services now that you can go to to say, well, let's go and check these addresses and see whether it might be used for some type of illicit transaction. And then based on that, say, yes, we're going to reject or allow this transaction to go through our interface. And this is one of the this is one of the more hotly debated topics on I know definitely on on Twitter, I'm not going to call it X, I'm sorry, Elon, um, on yet. Twitter, <laughs> a few weeks back before ThorSwap, um, was or, or took take, took themselves down, and I know um, I've met her once or twice. But Tevano on on Twitter, the former lead developer and founder of I think, what was it called at the time here? Uh, no, now working for MetaMask, 
But yeah, that, um, that individual the time, unfortunately annoys me based on these. And that's fair. I get it because she's admittedly she's she's quite a smart individual. Like her ability to go into mm -hmm. chain analysis, like I don't know if she's doing it by hand or whatnot. She's provided quite a lot of valuable insights from the viewpoint of stolen funds and and tracking funds and you know, where are they. I get I get the value that she's providing to the ecosystem, and I think a lot of people yeah, have respect for that. I have no time and interest to do that because that's not even her job. She just does it, you know, to give insight to the to the industry. Now. When when she had uh, put out a tweet that um, Thorchain was nothing more than a money laundering site being used by criminals and hackers, blah, 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 and they should mm -hmm. do something about it. This is the first time I had like really major issues with that stance because mm -hmm. A, she told them that they needed to do something about it, but B, didn't say what. Mm -hmm. And when really pressed on what to do, she didn't give a concise answer that really would stop the problem. Just, oh, mm -hmm. well, you know, you, uh, we know a lot of the funds are over a certain amount. So why don't you stop people from trading large amounts? And I'm like, well, it's a blockchain. It, it, takes an, it takes an intern who's studied crypto for a year and done yeah. two years worth of JavaScript coding to automate smaller amounts. But for They're any like, of us OGs, like, you know, all you can do, all you need to do is just one megabyte block size limit. Once it's a big, well, that's, <laughs> that's the block size troll. limit. Yeah. That's a troll, that's, yeah, troll comment, right? Because like, you can't send that much money with only one meg, right? You only got one meg. Can't send yeah. that much money. And so it, it would have been trivial Make to do that. Make them use a lightning people, That'll do it. That actually restricts by amount. But, yeah, by, by a lot. So, yeah. But although then it adds in some ways, you know, better privacy. So I think that was like such a poor response. But the, the, the interesting thing is that it wasn't that it was a poor response. It's that there is no good response. Mm -hmm. Right. What it, what are the things that you really can do to have prevented these bad actors from pushing money through Thorchain? Um, and if you truly believe in it, kind of, a, I hate the word decentralized, but a, a permissionless financial system, there's not much that you can do. Um, I did like one thing that she said is that why aren't you guys focused more on legitimate use cases? Now, I liked and disliked that comment. I liked it in the sense that that like actually this, is a fundamental sentiment. theory I have is that for anything that could be deemed as illicit technology or technology that promotes illicit behavior, the number one thing that we could do as builders is get that into the hands of people that aren't illicit actors. Mm -hmm. You know, I strongly believe that on the privacy front, I believe that on the cryptocurrency front, um, I believe that on the private cryptocurrency front, right? Using private cryptocurrencies for legitimate transactions. So I kind of resonated with that comment that she had. What I didn't like is that why aren't you guys doing something blah 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 well i mean they're protocol developers right i mean they're not yeah. they're not the full stack of full marketing um uh business development they don't go door to door knocking hey go and use thorchain for you know good things that's that's what kind of the ecosystem of followers and advocates start that's what they do just like bitcoin doesn't have like how do you say hey i, I wish bitcoin was mm -hmm. promoted more to good people you know, it, it's not necessarily the way it works. Yeah, so while not, I agree, not to mention, a, by the way, yeah, we need to do that, but not well, necessarily anyone or group of people. It, to my knowledge, I have not seen Thorchain ever promoted as a something you can do illicit things with, other than it's permissionless. But mostly, seems to be very like boring in the way it's been promoted. Is in boring and normy. Uh, but also, to me, it is absolutely mind-boggling that it's the old weird fiat money laundering mentality but like 
if I wanted to be private and I got a bunch of Bitcoin, I would probably go right to the Whirlpool and coin join it and do some other stuff like that. I pre, you know, run Node over Tor, all this stuff. I wouldn't move it to a super transparent swap blockchain protocol and swap it for an even more transparent asset. Like somehow they're thinking that they're laund like laundering. What laundering, as I tweeted it before, is when poor people try to achieve financial privacy, they call it money laundering. And so, but they're not even getting privacy. It's just like they stole yeah, money. Privacy. That, that's bad. And now they're swapping it to a different money. And then they're angry at whoever's letting them swap. But the money was still stolen before and it's still stolen after. And you yeah. can see it. Why is this Thorchain's problem? Not only why is it their problem, but why is it like... it? It's almost seems like a, I mean, I'm not saying with, with Tay, for example, I think it's just more like programming of like this, is what we've been taught happens with money. But from like the government perspective, this seems like a setup for, this seems almost like a pretext to try to shut down uh, on ramps and off ramps into crypto or through crypto. Um, from a viewpoint of, uh, you know, put yourselves in the shoes of an illicit actor trying to launder money. Mm -hmm. um, you're right. Thorchain is the most transparent way to swap from one asset to another. It, mm -hmm. You're better off going through Binance. Um, however, there I will give credit to the theory of why they might be using it, which is you may have an asset that's very difficult to quote unquote launder on its own chain. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to convert it into an asset that is much easier to launder on its own chain. Um, so case in point, Ethereum tends to be very difficult to launder, or at least until um, until other laundering technology had had come out, right? Basic mm -hmm. Ethereum was terrible, single address, um, not really a good way to have any level of privacy. Bitcoin and UTXO currencies like Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, however, um, already had, and for a long time have had mixers. Mm -hmm. So if what you stole was on the Ethereum blockchain, getting that into Bitcoin enabled you to use technology that therefore could mask the funds. And by going through Thorchain, you knew that you were going permissionless and that you wouldn't end up locked up in Binance, like mm -hmm. Binance locking up the money if they had detected that. Um, so that is a, that, that's at least, you know, once again, think, think like a criminal and see what would you do? So there, that's where I, I could see Tay thinking like, okay, this is probably what they're doing. And, you know, Thorchain's facilitating it. And I just don't think there's anything you can necessarily do about that per se, other than yes, let's not make 90% of the traffic be illicit actors. Um, let's actually get it, it adopted by, by the masses, mm -hmm. right? And well, I don't know if what, what, was it 95% or you said it was 5%? It was 5%. I heard, I heard it was high. Well, it seemed to be high, but then it was like over their their volume in like a, the year period, or I forget what the period was. Oh, yeah, the oh. year period, but, but in a very small period of time yeah. it was of uh, a vast majority because it was such a big spike and so the the key is yeah we need to make it where you're not using i hate to say no, no offense to, to thor swap but that's not something i'm sending my mom to to go you know swap bitcoin for dollars or take out a loan or whatnot it's still like a power user thing mm -hmm. um, and i give the same criticism to a lot of privacy-based tools like those are power user things where um the people who are using them are probably trying to hide something like mm -hmm. most of the people using them and so in, until you achieve what i call like the, you know there's always that term like the um the 
AOL moment where everyone AOL became came onto the internet and so the internet became big. The similar moment for privacy, which I'll also probably get some heat for, is like Apple moment where Apple turned on iMessage and suddenly everybody got privacy. Um, and so that kind of moment for uh, something like Thorchain, where everyone just suddenly started using it. It became the de facto, it had enough liquidity where it wiped out a lot of centralized exchanges and everyone was using it. Then it's like, oh, the, the bad actors are just a subset of the users. And you can't remove this tool that's being used by the population for legitimate purposes just because a few bad actors are using it. You know, that's, you, you'd have to eliminate much of the tooling that our world has for anything, whether it be building houses, you know, riding a bike, driving cars, taking airplanes. You can't eliminate that because a few bad actors use it. And that's the simple argument. That's the one argument you really have um, holding this technology up against a lot of regulatory criticism. But until you get there, you don't have that argument. Absolutely. Well, lightning round super chat. We had a super chat. You probably have to take off pretty soon. But um, Halawi, hi, Halawi, said um, he, two questions. Really good. One, separating UI providers from Thorchain slash my protocol was such a smart move in retrospect, meaning the UIs are run by different teams, not like Uniswap kind of did. Or it's not like, um, yeah, Uniswap, but also Uniswap Cash. But he says, two, will Edge support Maya swaps, Maya protocol swaps? Are you sure this is uh, some super chat person? This is not just you? No, it's yeah. a, you know who yeah. Lowy is? A, you must have met him no, before, no. right? Not by it's that been, handle. Maybe I have. It, but, um, been but Anarchapulco, places like that. Okay. Probably, probably ran into yeah. there. I'll Good probably friend. be at the next Anarchapulco. Okay, cool. But um, when is mostly um, hinged on Maya having full compatibility with uh, existing Thorchain, including at the API level. Um, I talked to the developers, and one of the things that we're fairly reliant on is the uh, API identic, um, identical API for compatibility. Otherwise, we have to have like a giant fork and code base conditionalizing it between Thorchain and Maya. So once they've once they have that, and I, th I know they were talking like Nine Realms to potentially get support for Maya. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for those of you who don't know, Nine Realms is a uh, I think pretty much for-profit company that's funded to help in protocol and infrastructure for Thorchain. Um, and they potentially could as well assist with, with Maya. Um, and if they did, that would alleviate a lot of what we would need. Mm -hmm. So it is a protocol we're interested in. Um, but once again, I just need that compatibility. Probably have to revisit that. Maybe that compatibility is already there through some other services. But last we had mm -hmm. talked, they said that there was a uh, coming but not there yet. Yeah, I believe they might be. I saw some, I, I don't want to spill potential news or whatever that that might be fake news. Again, I already almost did that on the show. But I, I, there might be a goal of trying to get onto Thor Swap and therefore Swap Kit and therefore just, you know, there you go. Mm. It's just like right Got it. Which okay. Would, we, don't use, would, we don't use Swap Kit um, mm -hmm. for base Thor chain transactions, only for the DEX aggregator. Yeah. And so that would only give a subset of our functionality. We want to go directly to the chain. It saves cost as well for the users. Yeah. Um, and so I think the closest would be, you know, the infrastructure that Nine Realms provides um, would be pretty key. And plus, I know that my, the Maya team had admitted that they're they're about, generally speaking, two to three months behind on Thorchain development. So whatever APIs and features that Thorchain rolls out, Maya gets maybe two to three months behind. Maybe that's changed since I last talked to them. I think it's um, a con I think it's a sort of like the way they're doing business for now. Just yeah, that's partially, fair. Partially yeah. to just make sure 
nothing catastrophic happens to Thorchain. <laughs> so if Thorchain has to go down because they implemented some new thing, people can still use Maya to swap oh. on the assets. You know, it's kind of like a but with that, with that comes potential incompatibility. So if we hop onto some API on Thorchain, and, and we don't hop onto their new updated APIs that frequently though, but if we were to, then our code would break for the use of, of Maya. So yeah. that's, that's a little bit of a concern. We definitely don't want to have to have two blocks of code, one for each, because they're so similar. Yeah. You know? Anyway, yeah, of course. hopefully that answers that question. Um, do you have time to hit on the library thing, or do I do I solo that one? Uh, is that a lightning round yes. thing? It's a lightning round we could do. We could do one two-minute answer, and then I do have to bounce. Yes. All yeah. right. So library, library Inc. is shutting, is winding down. The library network is unaffected. Odyssey and other assets will undergo a legal process to satisfy debts, but Odyssey has a bright future ahead. Thank you for everyone who fought for online freedom. A final goodbye post to this first reply. So Library is a company that developed the Library blockchain, and it seems like you know they, they're going away. They lost their fight with the SEC. They got sued. And Odyssey, which is the big front end, which you, you might even be watching on right now, um, is going to take a hit because of this in some way. I don't know if it's from they're going to have to pay some stuff. They might have to switch blockchains. I don't know. But the library blockchain is a uh, allegedly decentralized Bitcoin-based blockchain. However, I don't personally know what the prospects are like for it surviving once the company that basically did everything for it kind of goes away. I'm sure it'll still persist, but it might be like a steam after Justin Sun's buyout type situation. But anyway, sad day. Um, any thought? Uh, uh, yeah, my main thought is there are shittier, more unused chains that still survive to this day. Um, <laughs> yeah, very um, so think like, think Feathercoin, right? I mean, like old school 2014, like who the hell is using this thing? Um, Grostal coin, which we support in Edge. Actually, both of those assets we support in Edge because we were, you know, back 2017, 2018, and we had known um, some of the, the developers there. But point is like, they're still around it doesn't take much to keep a blockchain going. It just gets much more, it gets closer to being uh, like its early centralization era. Like just like Bitcoin only had one node when it was founded and it got more nodes, but then as it shrinks, it just has fewer and fewer and fewer nodes. And to the point where there might be one node, but to the end user, it, it looks like it still functions. Mm -hmm. And so same thing um, could happen with library, but the fact that it actually has a user base that's using it, that cares about it, it will probably have orders of magnitude mm -hmm. more kind of I hate that word again decentralization or distribution of, of nodes than measure anyway. uh, some of the many thousands of cryptos and I'm, I'm not talking token cryptos i'm talking blockchains that still exist to this day and you could still transact on and you can even trade some of these assets even though they're mm -hmm. just by and large almost completely unused so i think it still has a future ahead of it and it's made a big enough name for itself that people continue to develop it to try to keep it alive because it has an actual use case I think that All right. hopefully satisfies things. Thanks for being on. Paula Linator no with two L's on Twitter. Um, Edge. Watch out for the scammers. Right? And download Paul the Edge, Edge wallet. App, yep. um, it is a, a fantastic wallet. I, I do use it and recommend it. And yeah, Thank you. Um, don't forget your We should have updates for those you. Zcash fans. For you privacy Ooh, nice. folks, Zcash fans, we yeah. should have an update early next week that finally uses their 2.0 SDK, which will give you a whole bunch of things. Faster synchronization, a little bit faster synchronization. Woo, look at all those balloons. Yay. Faster yeah. synchronization, spend before sync, which is something that 
I was asking out of Zuko a year ago in September in New York. I have a picture with him saying, why in the world does your SDK not allow people to spend the money they already have without waiting for it to sync with the entire blockchain? So, you know, you're right. Let's fix that. <laughs> they finally have that out now. But then with that as well, because they fixed a few bugs in the SDK, we'll have unified address and auto shielding as well. So you can send transparent mm -hmm. funds into Edge and it gets automatically shielded. So you never hold transparent in the clear um, surveillance coins. Uh, instead, you hold nice shielded Zcash Zebra coins. So anyway, that's a little update really? from us. Um, and uh, let us know any feedback. So early next week, think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll, you should, I will uh, definitely let it. you know. So don't forget, taxation is theft. Your phone is spying on you. Fiat is a scam. Uh, live all in crypto before it's too late. Download Edge and have a good weekend. Bye-bye, guys.